Yes, yes. Welcome to the Accountable Love Podcast, where love means being accountable. My name is Aziz, and today we're going to discuss why do we look for the good in the people who treat us poorly, but the bad in the people who treat us amazing. I want you to ask yourself, what does it mean to be in an accountable and healthy relationship? What does it mean to be treated good? And what does it mean to be treated bad? Because we have this idea that we should always lift up the people treating us poorly and actually disregard the people who are treating us great. We tend to call them judgmental, closed-minded, when they are trying to bring out the best in us. Yet we spend all of our time lifting up people who don't really care because they're focused more on their individual gain, on themselves. Well, today we're going to discuss why do we treat the good bad and the bad good. Enjoy. Now, we hear this narrative over and over again, how people are treated poorly, get all the support. And why do the people who are treated great get all the ridicule? And this spills over into our relationships because it's not just how we treat the people who are doing amazing things in our society, but we also treat the people who are the greatest tusks in our relationships poorly. And why is this? Well, there's a number of reasons. And the first one we want to talk about is most of us have low self-esteem. So when we see somebody who is actually putting us in the best position to succeed, they're usually pushing us and they're usually constantly pushing us. So therefore, we always feel like we're not going to meet their expectations. We're not going to be able to push or show up at the level they want us to show up. But in reality, they just want us to show up at our best. At most times, they want us to be consistent. They want us to show the standard of excellence. They want us to be at our best at all times. But we have it in our minds that they want us to be perfect. Not excellent, but perfect. And why do we create this narrative? Because our self-esteem doesn't see the greatness in ourselves. We don't see the greatness we have within ourselves. Because when you look at it, anybody who has achieved anything of greatness, anybody who has consistently maintained a standard of excellence, they're confident in what they do. So they're not afraid to be pushed. They're not even afraid to push back when they are being pushed a little too hard. Because they know their worth. They know what they're there for. They know what they can do. And they know what they're setting to accomplish. And they know it's not going to be something that's easy. Maintaining a consistent role in somebody's life or a consistent idea in somebody's life or being a consistent person in somebody's life is difficult because there's so many environmental factors. There's so many internal factors. There's so many things going on. To show and dedicate to showing up at your best or being consistently at your best is difficult. And not most people can do it. But I guarantee these are the people in your life treating you the best. I guarantee these are the people in your life that have the most faith in you, that believe in you the most. But why do we look for the pitfalls? Why do we look for them to fail? Why do we look for them to be or create them to be the evil person in our narratives? 
And then we look at the person that is coddling us, the person that doesn't want to have a back and forth with us, the person that never shows up, person that makes excuses for their shortcomings, a person that cheats on us, a person that must I go on, that doesn't even put us at a high value. But yet, because we have self-esteem issues, we believe we have more value in their life, meaning we can support them, we can change them, we can help them. We can actually be the amazing person in their life that the amazing person is being in our life. We can see the best in them. We can see them succeed and go to the highest of standards. And we can actually mold them. So it makes us feel like we have some form of identity or have some form of purpose in their life. It's all us. It all deals with having low self-esteem. It all deals with our self-esteem, our self-worth, what we value that. We only see ourselves as helpers. Yes, in a relationship, we should help. When somebody is very consistent and needs the support to get back to where they at at a high standard, not constantly cleaning up somebody's mess like you're the janitor in in their life. I want you to think about that. You are always mopping up messes, but yet you feel you hold yourself at a high standard. And the person that is giving you a promotion, the person that believes that you can have a greater role in their life is the person hassling you and the person that you look down upon. I want you to think about this because self-esteem can destroy our relationships. We was watching a show or me a movie with our son the other day. I think it was yesterday. And I think it's called chicken here, chicken here. And I'm hoping I'm recalling that movie, the title correctly, but it's called chicken here, I think. And It was about how self-esteem doesn't allow you to be your best. Like we do more or spend more time trying to cover up our shortcomings than we do flourishing in our strengths. And this character put so many people at risk just because he wanted to cover up his shortcomings, just because he was scared to be, quote unquote, different. There's so many things we have in common. There's so many things that make us the same. The differences is what we tend to not understand, what we tend to laugh at, what we tend to admire. But what actually makes us who we are is not our differences, is our ability to connect through those differences. Which he learned by the end of the movie. His differences made him valuable to a whole team, to, to a unit, to a kingdom. But we do the same with our relationships. We push the people who are in our corner away. Because we're too insecure, we don't believe we deserve the best. But we believe we deserve to be the janitors in people's lives. So we encourage the people who are treating us poorly to always do better. We feel like we have purpose in their life. So that's one of the reasons why we treat the people who treat us the poorest the best and the people who treat us the best the poorest. I want you to think about that. We treat the people that treat us the best, the poorest, and the people that treat us the poorest, the best. Something that's ingrained in us through self-worth. Next is our environment. We are being raised that people make mistakes and we are all human and humans make mistakes. But humans, when you look at it, we all are human, whether we have a stand of excellence 
whether we're not living up to the standards that we put it put for ourselves, not whether we are committing crimes and taken away from the world, whether we have addictions that allow us to be so self-indulged that we don't actually add value to our relationships. Think about this. We're all human. We all just making different decisions. And through our personal relationships, we have the right to make these decisions and make decisions based on surrounding ourselves by the people that are going to allow us to flourish and have the best quality of life. But there's this narrative that's designed that says when somebody is falling to lift them up. Yeah, when somebody falls on the floor and they slip, you lift them up. But when somebody makes a decision to drop down to the floor and ask you to carry them, those are two different things. But the narrative is carrying them. The narrative is staying in their corner. The narrative is being stifled because they're stifling you. People are making independent choices to cheat, making independent choices to lie, making independent choices to withhold information. They're making independent choices to acquire addictions, to not share the things that's going on in their mind that's harming them. People are making these decisions and pushing people away. And we are told through our society that we should keep on knocking on the door. We should keep on making ourselves available. Whose job is it? Is it our job to continue to make ourselves available? Or is it their job to actually knock on the door, knock on our door and say, I need help. I need support. I need to open up. I need to bring you in closer. I need to bond with you. And then the person who is sharing all this information, the person who is not keeping secrets, the person who is faithful, the person who is making sure their standard stays on point, is looked at as judgmental, is looked at as overbearing, is looked at as a person that doesn't deserve loyalty. There's always something that people are waiting for the ball to drop. They're waiting for this person to have pitfalls. They're waiting for this person to have some form of scandal because they show up, they're consistent. And it does seem like it's not human. So when we say the standard of excellence, the people who look at that standard of excellence as a human, that's a problem. Let's keep it what it is. We're all human. Some people decide to walk uphill. Some people decide to walk downhill. And most people decide to stay in the middle so they can look at the people walking uphill and look at the people walking downhill and make decisions on who they want to attach their wagons to. But we have to look at this. There's this narrative that if you have a standard of excellence, you bring people closer together, you push them to be the best they can be, but you're not human. And you expect people to be perfect. So you judge them based on what you expect them to be, not what you believe they can be, not what they told you they will be. So now you're looked at like you do not believe people can make mistakes. When all you're asking for is, if you're making mistakes, don't make the same mistake twice, one. Two, honor that mistake. Say you made the mistake so we can rectify it and move on. Those people are called judgmental. So we treat them to pause. We push them away. We talk behind their backs. We don't really let them in. We only let them in when we're going through something so traumatic that we have no one else to turn to. 
even the people we've been supporting and treating good. So think about this. Why do we treat the people that treat us the poorest the best? And why do we treat the people that treat us the best the poorest? Another reason is because we don't understand what it is to be treated the best. We have this idea that when somebody treats us the best, they coddle us. They agreeable. They're nice and kind. And they don't tell us about ourselves. They don't hold us accountable. They don't push us every day to be the best we can be. They don't have honest discussions. They don't call us out. They don't have a standard. We taught love is unconditional. But if love was unconditional, it just means anybody could acquire it. We want people to work towards it. So love needs to have conditions so you could identify what love is. You could identify what it means to love another person. But if we don't have an understanding of what it is, we don't have understanding what it is to treat somebody the best. Then how could we get the love we deserve? Most of us believe that when you treat somebody the best, you're cleaning up their messes. You're lying for them. You're keeping secrets. You're not telling their parents when they need the support necessary. You're not telling their spouse when they need the support necessary. You're holding on to their secrets that's going to destroy not only them, but you in the process because you have to hold it and be around people where you're holding secrets from and engage with them and interact with them, which puts your character in question versus the guy who's like, no, you have to talk about it. You have to tell the person. You have to divulge that information. If you don't, I will. The person that actually tells you when you're doing something wrong, I'm going to be behind you. When you're doing something right, I'm going to be behind you. But on both ends, I'm going to make sure that you're on the right side of this. That's what it means to love somebody. That's what it means to treat somebody at their best. The person that tells you, yeah, I understand you've been through X, Y, and Z. It's not because they don't understand. It's not because they're not trying to understand. It's not because they're not putting themselves in your shoes. It's because they look at your shoes and you can fit a better pair. They want to go out and get you a better pair. So they're going to push you. They're going to ask you to get up. But they sit there the whole time and listen to you share. They sit there the whole time and listen to you talk about it. But they're not going to just be the person that's sitting there listening. This is where people think it's the best. Oh, my God, I just need somebody to listen to. Let's be honest. You can vent to a wall. You can vent to a mirror. You can vent to somebody who is just going to listen. It's not going to hold you accountable. But you should go to your friend who is going to actually get you where you need, even though you're not ready to hear it. They get you what you want. Even when you're not ready to hear it, they tell you what you have to do, even if you're not in a place to do it. They're already planning with you. Why? Because they know they're in a better state and they know when it's your turn, you should be doing the same for them. Because in that moment, you're in a better state. That's what being treated the best is. It's nonstop towards our goal. It's nonstop towards our destination. It's recognizing the best in each other and not allowing ourselves to fall below that. Life throws things at us. Life hurts us. Life makes us bitter at times. Life betrays us. And it's really people in life. It's really circumstances in life. 
And then we become less than what we can be. We start to believe the worst in the world versus becoming the best in the world. You need people around you that remind you through all of that pain, through all of that hurt, you're expected to live a quality of life. You are responsible for other people that you decide to have in your life. So no, you don't go on drunken binges. No, you don't close up and isolate yourself. No, you don't let people and you don't have people around you that's just respecting that. Respecting how you grieve and respecting how you move away and respecting how you push people away. No, they're telling you, you need to pull us closer. You're not at your best. We are at our best. We need to remind you what it means to be at your best. We need you to be at your best because without you, our pieces are in the line. You're a big part of our life. That's what love is. It's making sure all the pieces are in place to the whole. It's understanding that you don't just affect your life, you affect other people's lives. Love is a group journey. And we're all pieces to that journey. So when somebody is lagging behind or somebody's in pain or somebody's falling or faltering, you need people there that's going to remind you to step up. You need people there that's going to remind you who you were at your best. It's going to remind you what you're capable of. It's going to remind you that quality of life is the goal. It's going to remind you our bond is the goal. Not somebody who's just going to wash their hands with it, act like they are giving you your space, act like they're respecting your time, act like they're doing a lot of things so they don't have to be hands-on, so they don't have to be responsible for your emotions, your feelings. So they listen to you when you're at your week. They're listening to your decision-making when you're not at your best to make decisions. That's not love. That's passing the buck. That's not love. That's indifference. That's not love. That's self-preservation. I don't want to do it. So I'm going to create the narrative that I'm doing what's best for you by giving you your time and your space. No, people who love you lean in. So this whole narrative about what it means to treat somebody great, we need to start there. That's not how you treat somebody the best by listening to them when they're at their worst. They're not the best decision makers at that time. They're not in their best state of mind. Nobody is. That's why we need other people. That's why true love is surrounding yourself by the right people that's going to remind you of who you are at your best. So the narrative is wrong. So we need to start understanding what it means to be loved and treated at our best. And I would say the last and most prominent thing is people prefer to be neutral. Me and my cousin always have this back and forth about the word balance. And where did it originate from? And I told her, I don't really don't know. Somebody one day said balance is sound good to a billion people. So everybody now uses this, this balance. You need a balance. In life, you need balance. And they use this all the time because it appeals to them. To me, it just sounds like I lack responsibility. Because there's no balance between eating candy and eating healthy. There's no balance in that. You got to eat some candy, which is a small percentage. And, you know, enjoy your quality of life if you enjoy candy. But mo most of the time you need to eat healthy. Same relationships. You can have things that you enjoy, but it shouldn't stifle your relationships. Your relationships should be 100% or 85 to 
what's on your mind before you move on to do something that may be a little, we call it fun, maybe a little reckless, maybe something like you drink here and there, maybe something like you go on trips or you splurge here and there, but you got to make sure it's not affecting your relationships. It's not balance. We're talking about health. That's what we need to be talking about at all times, what it takes to be healthy. And balance is not it. We need to be a larger percentage on the right side of things, a larger percentage on the healthier side of things and have the ability to adapt if we need be. If I'm at a party, I don't need to be preaching. I don't need to be talking about what we need to be doing, but I need to keep in mind that everything I do at this party can possibly affect somebody else. So I do need to enjoy myself, but at the same time, enjoy myself in a way where it's not going to infringe or affect the overall, my overall livelihood. It's not balance. That's me letting loose and adapting to my environment. This is the time to just let loose and have fun. This ain't the time to work on relationships. This is not the time to have a whole discussion about politics. This is not the time. It's the time to dance, let loose, enjoy somebody else's company, laugh, joke. All the euphoric things that we're supposed to do when we're letting loose. But at the same time, what should be on the forefront of your mind is while having all of this fun, you need to be mindful that your fun is not affecting your overall livelihood. You're not getting too drunk or intoxicated. You're not having fights and going to jail and putting yourself at risk. You're not, you know what I mean? You're not staying out too late if you have children at home that you have to take to school in the morning or work you or a job you have to show up at knowing that you need to be committed to that job or you're going to lose your financial well-being you can't just push people away because you want to be neutral you want to stay in the middle you want to be balanced as everybody tends to say now you want to be balanced Think about what you say when you say it. Think about what it means. And I can interpret it. I can get what you're saying. You need something that where you need all these different components to balance your life out. I get it. I get that you're trying to attempt to say that. But balance is 50-50. Balance is putting equal sides on a board and making sure it stands up in the middle. That's what balance is. A balanced diet means you need a, a percentage, an equal percentage of these items to actually keep your diet in order. When you're eating more meat than you are vegetables, then it's going to go on one end of the, 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 the line. So I get it. But the point is, it's not how life works. It's not how life works at all. Health should be on the 90%. And if you're going to do things that's going to be a detriment to your health, which is candy and junk food. And I mean, I don't promote smoking, obviously. I have drank in the past, but I don't drink anymore. So I would recommend staying away from toxic stuff. But at the end of the day, if that's what you do, it should be sparingly. Shouldn't be a natural routine. It shouldn't be the way you kick back and the way you relax. Because now every time you think of relaxing, you have to have a cigarette. You have to have weed. You have to have alcohol. I want you to think about that. And now it perpetuates this cycle 
You have to, every time you see a woman, you have to have sex with her. Every time you see a man, you have to have sex with her. It creates this cycle in your brain chemistry that tells you all that matters is getting that one met. And that's the me, me, me mentality versus us. I have a wife at home. I have a husband at home. I have children at home. I have friends that rely on me and depend on me to show up on a regular basis. These are the things we need to think about as opposed to having balance. We need to think about priority. What's your priorities? And list them from one to 10. And understand that one is one, two is two. And all of them understand and everybody knows your priorities. Stop being neutral and allow yourself to be established and stable. It's not about neutrality. It's about coming through the door, understanding exactly what you bring to the table, understanding your priorities and understanding what you're willing to do and what you're not willing to do. Understand who you are. That's why we tend to treat people that treat us good poorly because they have a standard of excellence. And we think human is neutral. Human is in the middle. Human is balanced. No, human is not. All of us is human. Human is sloppy. Human is excellent. Human is all of it. What kind of human do you want to be? That's my question to you. Because the neutral people just get to sit in the middle and judge everybody. When we talk about the judgmental people, we always talk about the people who want us to do our best, who's telling us to stop doing things that aren't good for us. They treat us our best because we're neutral, because we have a neutral mentality, because we believe in balance. What do we do? We call them judgmental. And now the people that need to get picked up, we're in their corner, we're driving there, we're enabling them, and we're picking them up every time because we think they need support. We're also judging them because we stay in the middle. We want to be the judges. We don't want to be the actors. We don't want to be the people who are taking action. We want to be the judges. We want to just observe and want to watch. We, want, we don't want to be the positive person taking action or the negative person taking action. We just want to observe because we want to be neutral. So that's why we decide who we're going to treat good and who we not, because we can't identify with either one. We can't identify with being sloppy, drunk all the time, picking somebody up off the ground, cleaning up their mess and in their spills and not going to work and not taking care of your responsibilities and not doing X, Y, and Z. But we're, we're there to help them because it gives us self-worth and us being neutral. It allows us to say we, we're validated. So we can now, in turn, tell all these other people that's not helping those people, that's focused on a standard of excellence, that's kicking them people out their lives because they don't want that problem because they're living reckless and they're living toxic. And then now the neutral person, oh, you're judging them. You're distancing yourself. How are you going to not put yourself in a position to support them? No, they didn't put themselves in a position to support me either. Because the agreement was health. The agreement was support. The agreement was accountability. We didn't agree to be messy and toxic. We didn't agree to be nasty to each other. We didn't agree to bring each other down. That wasn't an agreement. And people who have a stand of excellence, they honor agreements. And the people who come into their lives also agree to those agreements. But the neutral people never agree. The neutral people never have a say one way or another. 
They live in perspective. They live in balance. They live in neutrality. They don't really want to make decisions. I don't need a balance of toxicity and health. I don't. I want more health. And I have some toxic behaviors. That's us as humans, no matter what. There's things in the world we want that may hinder us, but also some to some degree give us quality of life. Whether we have a car and we're sucking in gas, we make decisions that may harm other people. And we decide every day which ones we choose. But we're making sure we're doing more healthy things than not. We're making sure that we're focusing more on giving back to the world and taking from it. We're not just taking. We're not just living as individuals. We realize that all, we are a part of who we need to be. We are a part of the whole. We are a piece that makes us whole. We're going to play our part. We're going to play our position to the fullest of our ability. But we all have toxic behaviors. It's just shouldn't, it shouldn't take away from your health. You should be able to still function on, optim, on an optimal level and then have those pleasures. Mines would be junk. I love junk food, but I had to dial it down for health. I had to dial it down because I have a young child. I have a 16-year-old child as well. They need to see me alive a little longer so I can see some of their accomplishments, so I can raise them into adults. But if I'm neutral, I'm like, I don't know. You know, I'm probably doing everything that's responsible. But what's responsible is skewed. I'm treating the people that are always challenging me to be the best. I'm challenging I'm. I'm Coming at the people that's always in my corner, always telling me to, you know, I need to eliminate people that are toxic in my life. I need to, you know, take some stands and have some standards and all those people I'm pushing away. And if I'm now I'm bringing the next person up, I'm having all these toxic people in my life, but I feel like I'm doing the best I can be and I'm the best person and I'm actually the best person in your life. Being neutral, they accept me for who I am. They accept me for what I bring to their life. I have purpose in their life. Why? Because they don't care about nobody else. And because I care about them, I feel like I have. Somebody I'm taking care of. Somebody that I'm there for. I have purpose in their life. So I stay neutral. So when you think about the idea of treating somebody that's good to you, poor, and treating somebody that's poor to you good, You got to understand that it deals with these four components. Your self-worth, your environment, how your environment shaped the way you think. The fact that you can't define what it means to be treated good, what it means to be treated at your best. And the fact that you rather stay neutral than pick a side than actually commit to something greater than yourself versus committing to something that is hurting you, that is taking from you. You attach yourself to feeling like you have a purpose when you are treating the people who are treating you poor good. So I want y'all to think about this. Think about the things that cause you to treat the people that are great to you in your life poorly and the people that are a hindrance to your life great. This has been another Accountable Love podcast. My name's Aziz.
Enjoy. 